Welcome to the Recognizing Potential podcast with your host and certified relationship coach, Cameron Thompson Alaricki. This is the podcast for all things real and raw on marriage, family, and building healthy relationships in this world. As a coach, I am on a mission to help couples recognize their full potential and reach far beyond that with tools, resources, and busting through their own limiting beliefs. Together, my clients and I are changing the statistic that half of marriages end in divorce by creating clearer communication, stronger, healthier habits, more passion and intimacy, and balance in the marriage, whatever that looks like for you. I'm a pilot wife, and together we have a baby and an 11-year-old from my previous marriage, so you can also find tips on blending a family successfully in this podcast. In my spare time, you can find me reading, painting, and traveling this gorgeous, incredible world. Hi, welcome back. So the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a mini series on spouses that keep it all together, that their marriages aren't the normal, um, or should I say common thing where, you know, your spouse comes home every night, you both go to work, you come home, you're together most nights and on the weekends. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Christy Vest, her husband is deployed right now for 18 months and you know how do they make their marriage work and how um, does that look specifically to them what connectors do they have so that they keep that spark alive last week we had Maria Shelton she is married to motivational speaker and author and and former NFL player Trent Shelton and how do they keep their marriage spark alive when he's out on the road and all of that this week, we're actually going to talk about pilot wives because this is a an industry, A, that I am involved in, and B, that you may not think about too much because you're not involved with the industry. I'll start by just kind of talking a little bit about how Muhammad and I um, got together. So we actually met through mutual friends. I had been a single mom after divorce for about five years and had a pretty successful job. Felt like I was on top of the world. Felt like I, you know, had life pretty much figured out, right? I mean, we don't all have it figured out completely, but I was doing okay. I had a good job. My son was in good school all of that. And I met Muhammad. We started dating after he was very persistent and um, trying to get my number. And I was not interested. I was not looking for anybody, not looking to get into a relationship at all. And I thought, you know what? Okay, I'll give this guy a try. And I'm glad that I did. I'm glad that I gave him a chance because otherwise I would not have the life that I have now. And so um, that even started out kind of what would be what our expectation was, you know. So that being said, when we first started dating, we dated stateside about a week. And then he had to go back to Egypt to get his visa renewed. And when he got there, he got stuck. And I might do another podcast another day on um, that whole process and immigration and long distance relationships and how we made that work and everything. But for sake of time now, I will just say that it took a lot of communication. We 
Um, we spent a lot of time texting and on FaceTime and phone calls. The nice thing about that, and this is something that Christy talked about a couple of weeks ago as well, when you are in a long distance relationship, you are forced to communicate about things that you wouldn't normally think about communicating about. Um, you know, you have to find ways to keep that spark alive and that conversation flowing. And that is why sometimes I post those connection questions of things like, um, you know, what's your favorite childhood memory? Or what is something that is very commonly liked but you can't stand? What is, you know, what is a memory of your favorite smell? You know, stuff like that, that like you may not have ever even thought about talking about with your spouse. Even with all the confirm, uh, the communication that Mo and I did while he was over there, we still were not prepared completely for everything that we would encounter when he came back. He got back, um, in 2016, on November the 16th, actually, 2016, that was right after Trump had been elected. And so being Middle Eastern, we knew that we had to get married right away. That was part of the agreement with the immigration and him coming back on a fiance visa. But that was also um, something that we knew we had to get done immediately. So he was back, I don't know, maybe two weeks before we got married. So there wasn't really any time to spend together getting to know each other and and learning each other's quirks. It was very much kind of an old-fashioned, like, you get married and then you move in together kind of thing. And that's basically what we did. Um, so that has led to a life the last seven years. Um, we have talked a lot about expectations. And we are very good about setting those up early and talking about them often. Here's what I expect. Here's what you expect. How can we compromise on that? What is this going to look like this weekend? Um, and I'll kind of get into this here in a little bit. We have to spend our Thanksgiving on this weekend because the actual Thanksgiving is one of the most traveled on dates of the year. And so we will never get Thanksgiving together because Mo will always be flying. There are not enough pilots to cover every single flight so that every single family can get to their families so that they can have Thanksgiving. And so our family will always have to celebrate that early. So that being said, you know, we have talked about, okay, what does this weekend look like? What time are we leaving um, for our flights? What do we need to pack? How many days are we going to be there? What are we going to do when we get there? What is all of this going to look like? What is the dynamic in our family going to look like? Because his family and my family are very, very different culturally as well as personalities. Um, his family is very loud and involved and exciting. My family is very low-key, um, a lot quieter. You know, we watch a sports game together kind of thing. And his family, we don't even have the TV on. And if it is on, it's on the news and it's at the decibel of a rock concert. So that's, it's just very different. So we have to really talk about the expectations before they happen. When we got married, I will say the expectation was, and this was extremely naive on my part, honestly, I did not know what being a pilot wife would look like. Everybody, you know, can, if, if you are a woman, you can absolutely um, relate to this, that you love a man in uniform, right? They are sexy as all get out. 
But when you really get into that nitty gritty, like you are not sure what you signed up for. And that is absolutely what happened here. So I will preface this with saying, love the man, not the job, because that is what will keep you going if you become a pilot wife. I, and you guys know me, I am completely honest in this. I hate being a pilot wife. I hate it. It is not a good time. It is very, very hard. It is not something that I would have signed up for had I known what I was signing up for. However, I love my husband very, very much. And that is what keeps me going. And that is why I do the things that I do. And that is why I endure the hard because pilot wife life itself straight up sucks. But my husband and being married to him and seeing him fulfill his dreams and seeing him live out his passion every single day. Every time I look up in the sky and we live by an airport, so this happens a lot, when there is a plane flying over, I am proud of my husband. I am proud that he is able to fly a plane, that he is that he has the skill that he does, that he constantly works on himself as a pilot to make sure that he is prepared for every single thing that could go wrong or right, that he is the best pilot that he can possibly be. So I am extremely proud of that. But what makes it hard is the fact that he's gone 15 to 23 days a month. So we are apart a lot. And I think having that long distance relationship to begin with set us up for success in this department because as a pilot wife, You have to be very, very independent. You have to have your own life, your own hobbies. You have to be okay with going to weddings and funerals and birthday parties and holiday celebrations and all of that alone. You have to be willing to, you know, tow your kids by yourself. And, you know, your kids even learn a lot of independence too because a lot of times they are depending on one parent because the other parent is gone. They're on the road. So how do we make that work? Well, um, God bless my husband, but he gets put on emails, even emails that he does not want to be put on, like the soccer emails. And he may get 30 emails in a day from all the parents that do not know how to reply instead of reply all. And so he's texting me being like, why did you put me on this thread? Well, because I wanted you to feel involved and I wanted you to know what was going on. And he appreciates that. Um, We also have cameras in our house that started out as nanny cameras when I was working and I was teaching full time, but we actually just left them on because that makes Mo feel a lot more connected to our family when he can just, you know, if he's in a hurry from one flight to the next, he can just, you know, jump on his phone really quick and see on the camera what we're doing and watch Zane play. And he can interact with us through the camera a little bit instead of, you know, if his phone is, you know, not quite um, charged, he obviously it takes more juice to FaceTime than it does to just jump on the camera really quick. Or he can check on us and he doesn't even have to interact. So, Some people, and this is a perception situation where some people would have the perception of like, ooh, that's creepy that your husband is like watching you guys while you don't even know if he's watching. For me, it's comforting because that way I know that if something happens and I'm here by myself or whatever, he's going to see that quickly. If, you know, Zane's obviously, he's only one, so he can't call 911 if something bad happens. Mason's usually at school. So I always have somebody checking on me 
no matter what. And that way, like it's almost a comfort feeling. So different perceptions there, but that is some, something that keeps him feeling connected. And so that's something that we do. Um, the other thing is that we do not have a lot of family around here. So this makes it hard that we don't have a community. I talk a lot about how important community is to marriage. And this one reason that I talk about that is because I know that firsthand. Having a community around you of people that are close friends who get your lifestyle is very important. Also, the schedule is really hard. Having a friend schedule where, you know, typically in America, America is a very lonely place to live in anyways, um, and it, it can be, but friends typically get, a, get together on the weekend, right? Because that's when they are not working. Well, in our family, Mo's always working on the weekend. And so if we were to get together with, with friends, it would have to be on a night that um, is that falls during the week and it's going to change every single week. So some nights he may be off on a Tuesday, some nights he may be off on a Thursday, but in talking about our schedules before and saying, you know, you have to be okay with having things independently. That means that our kids have schedules too. So like Wednesday nights are church and Tuesdays are, um, you know, one thing for Mason and then Thursdays are one thing for Mason. So like he does sports and stuff like that. So it's really, really hard to get together with friends and actually make an effort to have that relationship and that friendship that we, you know, put effort into. Um, talking about the aloneness and his family culturally something that he grew up with and I absolutely adore and I really do wish that America was more like this is that when a woman has a baby people come from different countries even to be with that new mom and they stay in the home for a month when I had Zane a year ago he was four days old. And so I'm trying to take care of a four day old. I'm trying to, you know, figure out the whole breastfeeding situation with him, trying to take care of myself. We had just gotten home from the hospital and Mo got called out on a flight. And I will be honest, I don't think I've ever been so angry in my entire life. I that is the moment where this life is really, really hard because there are going to be times where things happen like that, where you don't have anybody and you've never felt more alone in your entire life. Hey guys, real quick. If you are loving this podcast episode, give it a quick like and share it with your friends. You never know who might also benefit from the information that you're loving. Tag me in your post so that I can thank you and chat with you because I love getting to know and connect with my audience. And also leave a review. It helps the podcast grow and get in front of more people. And this helps the mission to divorce-proof marriages. And we all know somebody who could benefit from that. So thanks so much. And back to the episode. Standby is also something that is a blessing and a curse. We fly standby. Um, and many people misconstrue that as meaning like we get free tickets. We do regionally. Um, we do not get free tickets. Like this summer when we went to Egypt, we do get a discount, but we do not fly free to other countries. And without that discount, there's no way we would have been able to go because 
yet another misconstrued misconstrue, uh, myth is that pilots make a ton of money. They don't. Actually, in the first few months or a few first few years of being a pilot, pilots actually make less than teachers, which um, we all know is nothing. So that is really, really hard. Um, there's no way that we would have been able to go this summer had we not had those discounts. So that was a blessing. But it's also one of those things where we have spent entire days at the airport before waiting on tickets and waiting on flights to open up for us to have enough seats to go. It means that sometimes our family gets split up in flying. So, you know, he will take one kid or both kids or no kids, and then I will follow behind with whatever kids are left and myself kind of situation. Also something that was not talked about in the expectations. And so there's a lot of sacrifices that go into being a pilot wife. There's a lot of sacrifices that go into um, having a marriage like this so that we are able to make it work. And the ways that we make it work is to focus on the blessings. The reason that things get hard is 90% of the time, it's the perception that you have about that. So we focus on the blessings, the the fact that we can travel regionally for free, the fact that our relationship is never monotonous because it our schedules change every single week. He may be home all seven days one week and not at all the next week. He may be home two days this week and, you know, four days next week and then or whatever. Like it changes all the time. We are always living in a different area. Um, we don't we don't stay put in one area too long, partially because of the fact that it is that community. Um, you know, we don't just buy a house and plant roots because we're not sure if we're going to be there very long and we're not sure if we're going to have the community that we need and all of that. So a lot of it is a perspective. You know, holidays are really important to some families. Our family really takes into consideration holidays as well, but we don't get to always celebrate those holidays on the holiday itself. So we, you know, have to be okay with celebrating the holiday on a different day. And that's okay because the whole point is to be together. It's not necessarily that day itself. It's the whole theme of of the holiday that's important. I will say that one of the things that has helped us tremendously is that there is no room for codependency in this relationship. Um, So that has helped tremendously. Some of the connections that we use that maybe helpful for your marriage is FaceTime. We use FaceTime a lot. We use every form of communication that we have. We email, we text, we use, you know, I will send videos quite a bit throughout the day through Snapchat just so that Mo feels connected and so that he does have that perception of what's going on with um, the baby and, you know, the funny things that are happening in our lives so that it's not just the same old, same old with him, so that he does feel like he's not missing anything. Um, Love languages. This one's a really, really big one, not just in a marriage that 
you know, I've talked about it with um, Christy and I talked about it with Maria. And it's really important in our marriage, too, because the love languages like his is acts of service. So I will spend most of his trips are four days long. I will spend day three cleaning all day and making sure that the house is in order, that he has food to eat when he comes home, because that is his love language. And I also understand that, yes, it is more work for me on the front end, but when he gets home and everything's in order, then he has more time and energy and his cup is full. So then he can fill my cup because my love language is quality time and physical touch. So we can sit and watch a a movie or something and snuggle on the couch and we're not worried about, oh, the, the laundry needs switched or the dishes are piling up in the sink or there's food that needs to be cooked or whatever. That's already been done. So it leaves us more time for my cup to get filled. And so we also, the other thing that I would say is that we approach everything through generosity. It's not a, well, this is your role and this is your role. We don't separate things like that. We all pitch in and have a very much a team effort, even with the kids, that, I mean, obviously Zane's one, so he can't really do a lot, but with Mason, I mean, he's 12, so we all pitch in, we all help out, and this is the list of things that needs to get done. Everybody takes one thing and then moves to the next thing, so, you know, Mo will give the baby a bath. He will do dishes. He will do laundry. He will sweep and mop floors if that's what needs to be done because, it's a team effort. And that's one of the expectations that we have set very early on in our marriage. And if your marriage is struggling, I would definitely take a look at that and just kind of start looking at building a familial culture around generosity. We, um, you know, I will tell Mason, hey, pick up 22 things if he has, you know, and I just throw out a random number there. You know, if there's a lot on the floor, then I increase the number. If there's just a few things on the floor, I, you know, decrease the number. But that will give him a sense of like, okay, I've got to race the clock and do this as fast as I can. And so then he will pick up those things. And that's less that I have to do later because I'm doing something else, either taking care of the baby or I'm, you know, cooking food or what have you. It's an 80-80 effort. We show up and try to give 80% every single day. Instead of giving the 50-50, which is kind of the common culture, is you give 50%, I'll give 50%, and then we have 100% that works. Well, that doesn't really work because, let's be honest, it's never really 50-50. Nowhere in the history of the world, not even in the Bible, does it say that marriage is going to be fair. It's not. And so if we show up and we both give 80% effort... Because you're never going to hit 100% after you've worked all day and everything else. You're tired, which, okay, that's great. Still do it out of generosity. Still try to give 80% so that even if you fall a little bit short of that, 100% is still done. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, email me, coaching at recognizingpotential.com. I'll try to explain it better. But the whole point is that you give as much as you can give out of a sense of generosity, not out of a sense of control or out of a sense of someone is always feeling like they're giving more than the other. 
everybody pitches in, everybody feels like a team, everybody works together and gets the stuff done. And that's kind of how we live life. Whenever he's home, we're very intentional. Whenever he's away, we're very intentional. The intentions look different in terms of how those intentions are communicated, but we are very intentional with our marriage. We're very intentional with our parenting and how we get things done and how we communicate those things so that, you know, if I have a little bit of extra time on my hands, I will text him and be like, hey, how can I show up for you today? Hey, I have 20 minutes. Is there anything that you need done that I can help you out with? If he has extra time, like sometimes he'll be on, you know, a two or three hour sit between cities, between flights. Hey, how can I help you out? Is there anything that you need me to do today? What can I do from here? And it may be paying a bill. It might be making a phone call. It might be, you know, helping Mason with his homework, whatever, whatever the case may be. There's a lot of things that you can do through FaceTime. There's a lot of things that you can do through email. And so that's kind of how we handle things. Being a pilot wife is difficult, but it's also very rewarding at the same time. I think one of the things that it's helped me realize is to be more grateful for my husband and the time that we do get to spend together because I feel like that's taken for granted from a lot of couples. A lot of couples where they have their spouse come home every single night and it does kind of start to get monotonous What if you started changing that into gratitude? Wow, I'm really grateful that I get to spend every single night with my husband because there's a lot of people out there that don't. So I think just perception is the biggest thing that I can preach to you guys today. How are you perceiving your relationship? How are you perceiving the circumstances that you're going through? You know, is it something that you can control? Is it not something you can control? There's a lot of things that happen that I cannot control. Uh, There's a joke in being a pilot wife. There's a joke in the pilot wife community that the day two Murphy's Law, if something is going to happen that's bad, it's going to happen on day two of a four-day trip. Your husband leaves or your your spouse leaves on day one. Day two, everything's going to go to hell. Day three is spent cleaning, and then day four, they come home. Day two is usually spent on YouTube. If something happens, you just YouTube it and you figure it out. You learn to be resourceful, which is something else that I think is taken for granted in a lot of marriages. You rely on your partner and you have a lot of that codependency of like, well, my partner needs to do this, or my partner needs to fix this, or my partner needs to hang the blinds, or my partner needs to, my partner needs to, my partner needs to. Ladies, you are capable. Figure it out. Because let me tell you, a man needs to be needed. But if you're putting too many expectations on them, it gets overwhelming. So are these things that you can figure out? Are these things that you can YouTube and, you know, get it done? Can you call and have it hired out? Last night, I had Costco deliver groceries because I did not have time to go. That's okay. That was one less thing that we had to do and one less thing that... You know, my spouse had to deal with when he came home and then he had food. So love languages get spoken, time gets saved and everybody wins, right? So just be, be intentional, be grateful, communicate and see if you can change your perception. That would be my advice for you guys. Hope you have a great week and I will talk to you again next week. 
Thanks for listening to another episode of the Recognizing Potential podcast. If you found the content in this episode helpful, don't forget to like, subscribe, and leave a review. I appreciate it so much, and it would absolutely make my day if you would share this episode by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social media. I'll leave ways to tag me in the show notes, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you.